Welcome to the Well Community Jokes. So what a night. I don't know about you, but uh, I feel like I'm, I'm carrying, like I, I've admitted right from the beginning, and I felt like I bumbled through the whole beginning. It's just this nervous energy, and it, it, it's okay. I, I'm, I'm sure you can feel it too, that just kind of this, is someone actually going to do this, or is no one going to do it, and is gonna, Kevin going to have a mental breakdown? No, it's, it's, all, it's all good, because I've said this, I don't know if I've ever said it here, because we've never had a baptism tank here, but I used to say this in youth all the time, I will drag this tank out every week if I have to, if there's someone that's going to be baptized. I don't care what it takes. So if you're sitting here tonight and you're like, yeah, that's not happening, but maybe one day, call me up and I'll pick this up. Lift Church, they're a church that meets at the universities and colleges. This is theirs. They have an office down by McMaster. It fit in my little green Subaru, and uh, they had all the supplies necessary. Also, if you're wondering, is it just freezing cold? It's actually not. We have a hot water tap at the back, um, so it's quite pretty warm. Um, But as I've said right from the beginning, though, this isn't meant to pressure you, to shame you, to guilt you, but I did feel that it was a, a first step that God was asking me to even say, work past your own issues with this and your own nervousness and put it out there and give people the opportunity. So I thought, okay, I'm going to be faithful to what God's calling me. So I hope you're not carrying the same nervous energy that I am, but I'm just trying to even model taking a step of faith and just trusting God to continue to work, even though if it, do, it, it may not turn out the way we would hope or the way we would imagine. But just because the worship team has sat down, one thing that I think was a nerve-wracking part of it, Chris and I met earlier this week that if at any time in the service someone's like, nope, this is the time I need to do it, uh, we're not going to say you missed your opportunity. Just go to the back, see Eugene, he'll get you set, and we'll pause everything. Because again, our mission at the backs is making Jesus known, seeing lives change, transforming our community. So it's not just about hearing me speak week after week. We're here to see lives changed and people following Jesus. So if you're like, yep, the tank's here, I need to do this, we'll pause the service and we'll dunk you. So the, uh, the way that our sponsor church put it to me is that sometimes people just need to be told, get your butt in the tank. So that uh, is between you and God, and I'll just put out Steve's words there for food for fodder. (laughs) But let's face it, at the end of the day, we are here to see lives changed, to see Jesus and his kingdom transform our lives and our community, those around us. We're part of something bigger than any one of us, and we're thrilled to see hearts change, to, to, see, to see hearts soften, and to see new life that's birthed within us. So it brings me to what I want to just take a few minutes to speak about tonight, which is the joy of serving. So it actually just happened to fall on a training night. Uh, we didn't plan kind of the timing of all of this. It just kind of was like October 5th is when all of this is happening. So at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, people who've been on serve teams, uh, they, they came and we met and we talked about the why behind, we, it, b- behind what we do. 
And then we just actually worked together to get everything ready for the service. And I thought it was such an amazing time to actually just see how many of you are just wholeheartedly invested in seeing this church flourish. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. But first things first, this, this fact might blow your minds, but serving brings us joy, right? Shocker. We're talking about the joy of serving and serving brings us joy. So in other words, it makes us happy. When we serve others, we actually experience joy and happiness. In fact, there's a whole Friends episode, if you're a Friends follower, uh, where Joey and Phoebe are kind of in this battle because he says that there's no selfless good deed, and she's out to prove him wrong and say there is a selfless good deed. But now, I wouldn't go as far as saying that it's selfish, but the short of it is that serving does bring us joy. You see, we're in the business of saving souls. And like all good things, it's going to cost us something to see souls saved. It's going to cost us time, money, energy, resources, treasures. But as we see life change happening, the joy that it brings us is unbelievable. In the Old Testament, 2 Samuel 24, 24, King David, he's following God's commands, and he's building an altar to make a sacrifice to the Lord. And He's, he's asked to buy this area called the threshing floor. And when he, he tells this guy who owns the land, and, and the guy says, take it and take these animals as well. But David replies, no, I will not sacrifice to the Lord, my God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. Or as the message translation puts it, David says, no, I've got to buy it from you for a good price. I'm not going to offer God, my God, sacrifices that are no sacrifice. So serving does cost us something, but real giving occurs when you give somebody something that you want to keep. Does that make sense? Real giving occurs when you give somebody something that you want to keep. And for different people, it's different things. My brother, it's his possessions. For me, it's my time. So you ask my brother for time, and he'll give you all of it. You ask him for possessions, not a chance. And then him and I, it's flipped. So it includes our time, energy, finances, resources, but the return, the return on investment is joy. So my friend who was here with us last week, Ben, oh man, that's a story of joy. I honestly couldn't get over just having him here with us last week and for him to be able to be part of the service and what God's doing here in Binbrook. I met him 10 years ago. It was my first night of youth as a youth pastor, September 16th, 2009. So that's what he looked like then. We actually had one of our adult volunteers taking pictures of kids as they walked in the door, which now seems a little bit creepy, but at the time, I'm really glad I have these pictures of the kids. But Ben's story, his life and his journey, it has not been easy. In fact, it was the one night that Right after youth, he got home and his dad was packing up all of his belongings and left his mom, his sister, and his two brothers. The last time that Ben saw his dad was at the courthouse when they were getting the official divorce and his dad wouldn't make eye contact with them and he walked out. I asked Ben when we flew out to see his wedding this summer how his dad was doing, and if he had reconciled, if he was coming to the wedding. And all that Ben knew was that his dad had died of cancer in January. (sighs) 
So him and I went out that night that his dad walked out on them. And we just talked. And over time, we just kept talking and talking and hanging out. And sometimes I was like, oh, man, I really need to get work done, and I can't afford to hang out with you again. But he, he just, I knew he needed time. So I tried to give him as much of it as I could. I, in fact, taught him how to drive, which I'm glad I didn't tell you this before because I wouldn't want him to tell you how I did as an instructor because he failed three times. But now he's finally driving. I wouldn't lend him my car on the weekend. But, but because he had also been homeschooled and his home life was just falling apart, he had to work hard to make sure he was getting the education he needed. He also suffers from dyslexia and has a very hard time reading. So we got him a Bible in his hands and one that was understandable and easy enough for him to be able to read on his own. And it blew me away that just two weeks ago, he actually posted on his Instagram story that he still has that Bible and he's reading it. I just kept pointing him toward Jesus and trying to connect him with a good group of people, especially people who valued education. And to this day, him and I are still good friends. He loves Jesus. He has a good group of friends. He married a lovely young girl who, who also loves Jesus. And he's worked his way up in the photography business, and he's in the fashion industry. And I'm just, I was so proud of him, watching him get married and watching this life change, and then to have him here, that while he was here, I just, my heart kept smiling just how I've seen God work in Ben's life. And I couldn't believe that I got the chance to be with him for the weekend, that he would fly all the way here just to hang out with me and go to a football game. And with my favorite team, sorry, Bills fans, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> but you see, serving, <laughs> serving brings us joy. And you might not always get to be on the front lines. You, like, there's a lot of youth leaders that probably don't know this story and this journey of Ben because they weren't maybe as invested or involved in his life. But you're making a kingdom impact far greater than you may ever know. And you may even think that you're crazy by following God and serving and nothing seems to be happening, such as the tank. But you know what? <laughs> Follow God in whatever he's asking because when you get a glimpse of what God's been doing in and through you, you won't be able to wipe the smile off your face. You'll be able to, like, just, your mind will be blown in how God has worked all things for his goodness. But one quick story of sacrifice, though, which I think I've shared before, but Ben's mom decided to throw a 16th birthday party for him. That was only two years after getting to know him. And it was the same year, 2012, that the Vancouver Canucks were going to the, the Stanley Cup, Game 7. It was a playoff game, and a couple from our church offered Amanda and I ice-side tickets, six rows from center, the center line. I'd never even been to a hockey game before in my life, and I'm thinking, oh man, these are good tickets. But it's on the same night as Ben's birthday. Ugh! And Amanda and I, it was probably Amanda, who's kidding who, said, you can't go to the hockey game. We've got to go to Ben's birthday. And we went to Ben's birthday, and I only held the hockey game over his head for a few years. But to be honest, I've never regretted that decision. I've, like, 
just having him here again and visiting with us for the weekend and hearing his life change. Hockey game, it doesn't matter because the joy of serving blows you away. So you don't always see immediate results. Sometimes you never see results. But when we do, such as an act of baptism, it reminds us that what we're doing matters. What you do matters. Even if it's flipping the slides like Trevor does so faithfully, even if it's setting up the coffee table at the back, all of this comes together to allow us to to discern God's presence together, to, to continue to proclaim the good news of Jesus and to go back into our communities on fire for God. What you do matters. So the second point is just we serve God by serving others. And what I love about this is that nothing is insignificant when you serve God. And I know sometimes things can seem so small and simple, even like a lot of the tasks we went over in our training earlier today. But all of these things are so significant in furthering the kingdom of God. Pushing a button, setting up the table, setting up chairs, creating this space helps us enter into a safe place to to explore and discover Jesus and to hear from him. And setting up for hospitality, as I told the team earlier, it's kind of like the water cooler in our church where you go and you hang out and you talk. And and the more that people stick around and hang out and make plans for the week, that just brings joy to my heart. Man, it's all of these things that come together that allow us to grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus, which in turn allows us to walk out of here on fire, ready to change our world. So God didn't put you on earth just to live for yourself. He wants you to make the world a better place. So Ephesians 2.10 says, God has made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. There's a word for this, and it's called ministry. Every Christian is a minister. Now, not every Christian is a pastor, but every Christian is to be a minister. That means you use your talents and gifts to make a contribution in life, to be a giver and not a taker. So the Bible uses these kind of phrases approximately 58 times. Love one another, care for one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, help one another, counsel one another, support one another, and on and on the list goes. And we actually did a series on this two summers ago. So if you want to go back and listen, it's called One Another. But it's the mutual ministry of every believer in the family of God to every other believer in the family of God. That's the way God meant for it to be. We're serving one another. The truth is, serving God by serving others isn't always easy. Sometimes you're going to get discouraged. You're going to think this is pointless. This sucks. So what do you do when you start to get discouraged? Well, you remember two things. First, remember that Christ rewards us and, and, and for an eternity. The Bible says that God will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you've shown your love to him by caring for others. You're going to be rewarded. Second, you remember that God uses every little thing. Nothing is insignificant when you serve God. None of it's in vain. 1 Corinthians says, keep busy always in your work for the Lord, since you know that nothing you do in the Lord's service is ever useless. 
And finally, do you want to discover joy? Give your life away. God wired the universe so that happiness does not come from status or salary or sex or success. Happiness comes from serving. And God designed you to be happiest when you're giving your life away. And why? Because he wants you to become like him. It's all about love. The New Testament Gospel of Mark says, if you insist on saving your life, you'll lose it. Only those who throw away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it means to really live. To discover joy, you have to practice serving and generosity every day. The New Testament Gospel of Matthew says, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve and give. Those are two things that will bring more happiness in your life than anything else, and they define what it means to follow Jesus. If you're not serving, if you're not giving, I think it's fair to ask the question, are you following Jesus? Or is there something that's holding you back? Because true faith in Jesus makes you offer your life as a sacrifice and serve God by serving others. Sacrifice and serving are two of the keys to discovering joy, generously giving your life away for the sake of the gospel. So let me ask you this. Have you experienced the joy of serving? In, in what may, ways might God be asking you to serve others today? And while I know that many of us have busy lives and many, many responsibilities, if that's how you're feeling, like, ah, oh, I just, I want to, I just, then let me gently ask, might this be holding you back from your next step in your relationship toward Jesus? So let me encourage you to pray and ask God what might need to change in your life so that you can follow him in serving and generosity. And as you're aware, just looking around, we're a small church plant with many needs, many areas to serve, many of them seemingly insignificant. But don't let the smallness of the ministry deter you from the magnitude of what God's wanting to do in and through you. It's been exciting to see our ministry teams slowly grow and evolve and develop and, and the worship teams that, that have come up and led us in worship. We're, we're actually at a point now that we're praying for two more teams to develop. And the two teams are the, a prayer team for people who just need prayer, whether something in the service spoke to them and, and they just want to go out back and prayer after the service as a response and then the other team is a connection team or greeting team that we're starting to get to a size that uh, it, it's sometimes easy to miss someone new that comes in, and it's, that's a good thing. So uh, it, starting to move toward developing that team. So perhaps begin praying if God may be equipping you and leading you to join one of those teams or where else he might be asking you to serve. But let me say to everyone, Everyone who served, thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, God's truly blessed us through you. But where's God calling you? What's God asking you to do as a next step of faith? What might he be asking you to do? And here's the best part. As followers of Jesus, we're not alone. We're not doing this alone. Not only do we have Jesus, his Holy Spirit, we also have one another. And like we've been talking about this whole series, 
life is better together.